Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk Pod for your Anzac Day, we review yesterday's game between the Blues and the Saints. We preview the massive clash tonight between Melbourne and the Tigers. Jay-Z gives us his top three headlines. Much, much, much more is the Footy Talk Podcast. This is your Footy Talk Anzac Day Eve edition with Abby Holmes. Welcome, Abs. Oh, good morning. How good's the weather? Gets everyone up and about here in Melbourne, doesn't it? Yes, make it snappy because I do have my golf kit on and I'll be getting out there. <laughs> on the fairways in about half an hour's time, Jay-Z, welcome to you. Hello, Daisy G. It was a big day of footy yesterday mm. and I'm just I'm just wondering about the um, the Carlton build. Ooh. You were part of it. It's taken nearly a decade. <laughs> I don't know. They've got a flat tyre. Is the axle broken? We're going to rip right into it. Mm. To the big clash yesterday, Marvel Stadium, 46,000 people turned out to watch the Blues and the Saints do battle high high levels of ex- expectation in both of them. Oh, yes. And the Blues, they were a big <laughs> And the Saints, they were a big tick again. This was a massive clash, wasn't it? Both sides going all right to yep. start season 2023. Those Saints, though, a 22-point win. This is quite a remarkable win from them. The, the Blues absolutely dominated statistically. So plus 86 in disposals, plus 20 contested possessions, plus 86 uncontested possessions. But what they did in that second half was so impressive to watch. Jack Sinclair throwing him into the midfield, he really got them going in that third quarter. But just watching the Blues, they just looked flat. They're going backwards and sidewards, whereas the Saints, as soon as they got ball in hand, they were going absolutely ham as quick as they could at goal. And it was great to see Tim Tim Membry back in the side as well. Obviously, Caminiti comes out, but it's a pretty handy replacement coming straight back in. He was good too. Exactly right. Kicked one goal too, and I know that I speak about this guy quite often, but Mason Wood, for me, Mm. um, the season that he is putting together, 22 disposals, a goal, four inside 50s and six score involvements. He's he's doing everything right in that wing position. He's getting back and and so often is that last man in defence taking quality grabs to get his team going in offence again, but just his running capabilities and and the way that he streams forward. I could go on for for an hour just talking about the Saints and how impressive they were, Jay. We'll continue with the Saints, Jay, because there is going to be a lot of talking points on both sides of the ledger. So we'll continue with the Saints. They were brilliant. The plan that Ross Lyon implemented in that game, Mm -hmm. and he just said to Carlton, if you want to go backwards and sidewards and laterally and not take any territory, and eventually you're going to have to kick it back to us, Mm. go ahead. Be my guest. And for four quarters, the Blues said, oh, how good's this? We're controlling the footy. You know, we feel like we've got the game. The Saints in the end just went... Flexed a bit of muscle and kicked a couple of goals, and that was a game. And doesn't it show and underline the absolute value of a good plan? Mm. Because you look at Carlton's list, uh, Abby, versus the Saints' list, they're chalk and cheese, yeah. right? In terms of the A grade potential here, yeah. they are chalk and cheese. But as you said, they had, they brought the pressure, St Kilda, and they've consistently brought the pressure. They bring the pressure every week. So, Saints fans, they rock up to Marvel Stadium. They know exactly the way they want to play and what they're going to get. And it's happened. And that is why St Kilda fans wake up this morning, I think. Think Abby, mm-hmm. they look at themselves five one, and they go, "I can see a real consistent blueprint every time we're playing the same way. We're getting our goals the same way. We're defending the same way. We beat the, the Twin Towers, uh, Kurnow and uh, Mackay yesterday. And we look at blokes like uh, Seb Ross playing the best footy of his career. Brad Crouch is all mm-hmm. Australian contention. And we go, we're playing finals. Keep your September free, Saints fans, because oh, 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 oh. that." It, 
you can just you can just see um, exactly what's going to unfold this season. So up until now, we go, geez, are the Saints the real deal? I'm not sure. Is it a flash in the pan? Mm. They come within a goal of Collingwood, who's probably the best team in the comp or just thereabouts, and then they beat Carlton. And I just think that for all the heartache of the coaching change and all the things that happened last year, they would be absolutely wraps and killed with, with where they're at. And I think it's credit to Ross Lyon and all the, the players that are bought into his system because this is a finals brand of footy. They are a big surprise packet though this year. We we knew that obviously Ross Lyon coming in at the helm, there was going to be change. Yep. But the fact that it has happened this quickly yep. and the brand of footy <laughs> that they're playing, you're right. It's an aura about yep. them, isn't it? Richmond had it in 2017. Yep. That was just that that vibe amongst the footy club and the playing group that you just knew what they were going to bring week in, week out. And it's, yeah, it's been pretty impressive to watch the over the first six rounds. Their mm. injury list, when that was reeled out oh. before round one and we all sat <laughs> we back. We were worried. And, well, we were. Yeah. I, honestly, I put my hand up. I think Billy Brownless asked me how many wins they'd have for the season. I said, I think between five and six. Yeah. Because I just couldn't see with a thousand odd games of talent out of and experience out of your, mm. out of your side, Great. how you then go and kick a score, how you then defend the ground. They're doing all of that. They're, and they're do- already there at round six. They're, they're, they're at round wins. six. And the system that Ross has done, I know you talk about the experience of a coach. Yep. The beauty of that is he's got a game plan at the minute that his side can go and execute. Yes. Mm. Because anyone can come up with a big fanciful yes. game plan and we're going to play like Collingwood and we're going to go 45 degree kicks. But if you don't have the people who can execute that, yep. Yep. or we're going to bring the high pressure like Richmond of 2017. But if, again, if you don't have the people that can do that, yep. he has got this team going in a direction and playing in a manner where they can all just go out and if they tick a box and execute their role yep. more often than the other uh, the opposition, they're going to keep themselves in games and win them. Do you know what the Saints are? It's the most unsurprising thing of the season. They're unconditional. As you said, Abby, Mason would last line taking those marks. He's there. He's running back. That is the unconditional running. They're forward. They're pressing up. Jack Higgins and Dan Butler are desperate. And that's what the Ross Line teams have been for 15 years. Unconditional. It's exactly what and they are. the expectation on them to, to play that way. You yep. better be there or you you'll better. be in the twos. Yeah, exactly. And that's where they've got guys in the, in the twos like Jack Billings, right, who's got away on his talent for a long time. He hasn't been an unconditional player. And I know that sounds harsh on Jack, but he is a guy who's been kicking goals sort of when it's been going with, with he's been sort of um, swimming with the tide a little bit. Jack Billings, how long, he's going to stay in the twos until he really bangs the door down and it won't be on his talent. Ross will want to see the running, the defensive yeah. effort, you know, and maybe does the same go for Max King? I mean, he'd be, he'd be looking at it now saying, well, I'm going to have to earn my spot. Totally. It's going to be interesting. We flip the page and we talk about the Blues who were, for the second week in a row, very dour and disappointing. It's pretty crazy, isn't it, when you look at some of the individual efforts and the numbers that were were pulled. Terra, 39 disposals and a goal. Walsh, 38. Akers, 36. And Cripps, 34. That's their, their midfield crop yeah. really, con- I guess, controlling the disposal and the possession around the ground. But as you said, Daisy, it was boring footy. Those boys in the midfield, Chera was good. He was yeah. off halfback. And a few of those were those side lateral ones. But he was at least going at the game yep. and trying to take it on. Walsh and Cripps were enormous in the midfield. Mm. But outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot. And this is where you talk about the system. I'm not sure what the plan was going in. You would have had to understand that Ross has a full team defense. So if you don't take that on with speed, and I guess you give them a slide out because Saad and Doherty aren't there. And that just goes to show now, I guess we saw it with Sydney, when you have a couple of your best defenders out, obviously they were tools. But you take two good players out of any side, it makes it tough. But the Blues' inability to penetrate into the St Kilda zone with any sort of danger, yep. and I don't mean they got inside 50s, but most of them were kicked from 70 metres out and they were a high bomb ball to 25, 30 metres out, which is just easy pickings. Unless you're going to go in and get a crumb goal, yep. 
you're not, and they gave away a fair few free kicks as well, the Saints. But once they tidied that up, there was no real system going inside forward 50. I agree 100%, Daisy. Michael Voss said last night, it's because we're not converting in the forward half. We're not capitalising. No, I'm with you. It's what's happening up the field and the method into the forward line, yep. I believe, which which is the problem. I mean, we've been having a crack at Fremantle, haven't we? Abby saying, oh, geez, they don't have gears and they play this control ball and blah, blah, blah. Carlton's the same. They've just sort of probably been getting away a little bit more because they've got more talent in the forward half. I see them playing quite similar with that that sort of control ball and wide and slow and all that sort of stuff. So I think this is a really big week for the Carlton Football Club. And I know they play West Coast, but it's like, hang on, where is our method at here? Yes, they're missing Saad Doherty-Williams, who play with speed and yep. take the game on. So you've got to acknowledge that. They had VFL pick up Chin Cotter yeah. uh, playing, you know, yesterday in, in, in his first game. But I reckon the method is under review. And this is where the sliding doors, we've talked about it. Carlton could have had Ross Lyon, proven coach. They went with Michael Voss. The board blinked. The board blinked, right? And we know what an absolute football mastermind Ross is. Yeah. And it's an awkward, it's an awkward pause for thought for the Carlton fan base this Why morning. wouldn't you want to go with speed with your method when you've got the likes of Charlie Curnow and Harry Mackay? You want to get those boys one-on-one. On one. Isolate. Because, yeah, exactly right. Yep. Get him in a one-on-one position inside 50 and I'd back them nine times out of ten to take a strong contested mark. And against the Saints, you know that if you waste any time, their numbers get back. They're very good defensively. They are so Mm. well drilled and disciplined that if you pause for half a second, even if it is around 60, 70 metres out, they've got two or three extra blokes, Mason Wood, on that wing coming down. They just get numbers back. So you have to, once you get it forward of centre, continue to play with speed and make the most of your opportunities because if you don't, the holes and the gaps in which you can lead dry up pretty quickly. Where do we think Harry Mackay's at? So he took 14 marks yesterday, Mm. kicked one goal too. Had a few absolute stinkers great as well. But great question. Yep. Confidence-wise, do we think? Oh, there's no doubt his confidence in front of goal is wavering. Yeah. He's not sure when he's having those set shots. And no doubt he'll be working on it because oh, I've had time with him. He does as much work as anyone. anyone. Mm-hmm. But again, this is where, and I'm still not sure why we don't do it, have specialist coaches coming in because yep. you can go and practice something over and over again. But if it isn't the right technique and it constantly falls down under pressure or under fatigue, there's no use practicing it because you're practicing a bad habit. Yep. So I've got no doubt he needs to sort something out. He's finding the footy. That's the main thing. But it is. It just As soon as he gets it, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't seem as confident as what we've seen him. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And then as Vossi said, when you don't get that scoreboard nourishment, then other things start yeah. to can, can break down. Can I just ask you, this this week is such a massive one. This can't will be the story of the week, right? And... If they, they're going to play West Coast in Perth. Mm. Now, it's a high-stakes game uh, for Carlton because I'm, you look at a half-strength West Coast team. They're playing a waffle side over there at the moment. Like, if they lose that, then Icon Park burns down, Yeah, right? It's a worst-case scenario. If they lose that, then there is big discussions about what has to happen at the Carlton Football Club. Are you calling club. a danger game? Oh, it's a oh, danger game. I reckon it's a it's an extraordinarily important game. Mm. I know. once lost a bet, and after that, my mum said, never bet in tattoos again. If West Coast <laughs> beat Carlton this week, I'll get a tattoo of the West Coast Eagles on my backside. Oh that my won't happen. Goodness. That's how fast it is. Come on, Simo, is. get your boys up this week. You want to have a, have a chat about the Eagles, though, because you're thinking, and we had this discussion only a few weeks ago, we don't know really where they're at or what they're doing. Obviously, their VFL side or their waffle side, as they call it over there, mm is going horribly, and their AFL side, yes, there's injury, but what is the plan going forward? I don't know, to put it short. Um, Obviously, the Eagles went down to Port Adelaide this weekend in round six, but their waffle side, following 
what, 170-point loss last week. They lost again by 108 points against East Frio. So just in terms of their list profile, Jay, where is this team? Because all of their highest paid players, their superstars, the the soft cap after the 2018 grand final, like Gaff got a monster deal. Obviously Nick Nat is Mm. still one of the the best ruckmen in the competition, but they just can't get him on the park. Yep. Shuey came back from soft tissue. He's now done an ankle. He's out again for we don't know yet, but mm. how many weeks. But it just seems to be a bit of a shambles over there. Yeah, it's a re- what they're doing is really interesting in terms of their list. They're doing the opposite of what everyone else has done in terms of other clubs have had the clean out, like Carlton, like Melbourne, and like um, Hawthorne this yep. year, clearly. West Coast is doing something different. They're doing the anti-clean out. Mm. They're keeping those guys. They bought Will Schofield out of retirement yeah. to play in the <laughs> waffle and on the, the weekend. God love you, Will. We love so Will. They sort of think that keeping these veterans is going to provide more contribution and service to their side rather than trading them out for some picks. So we saw Hawthorne a couple of years ago. They traded Lewis. They traded Hodge. They traded Mitchell to West Coast, right? But um, West Coast want to keep those guys because they think that keeping Jack Darling, for example, is going to be worth potentially more than the pick 25 that they would get for him. So it's a really – it's a rebuild that they're trying to do differently because um, you speak to everyone and they they want to keep Gaff. They want to keep Darling. They want to mm. keep Nick Nat. They want to keep Elliot Yo. So there is going to be some pain. I think the people under most pressure at West Coast would be the high-performance department yeah. because they've had year upon year upon year – of bad injuries. injuries, is that just bad luck, Daisy, or can it be that you've 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 been under different high performance programs? Some are better than others. What do you think? Uh, the soft tissues become a concern, and we've yep. seen history goes when you have a side that has a lot of soft tissue injuries. That's where the spotlight is first turned onto the high performance and the medicos and and how that's going. We saw it only a couple of years ago with the Blues as well. So it's interesting over there. Hey, really good start by you guys. Coming up, we've got Jay Z's top three headlines of the week. Plus, we'll preview the big game tonight between the Melbourne Demons and the Tigers on Anzac Eve. This is the Footy Talk Podcast. You're listening to the Footy Talk Podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating as long as it's positive. New episodes every day at lunchtime. We are going to rip into a bit of newsy stuff, and we always love a Monday because Jay-Z comes in with yes. his three big headlines of the week. But before we get to them, is there any news? Is there anything yep. we need to tell the people about yep. as they wake up on their Monday? I think keep an eye and an ear to the ground on the whole nighttime grand final situation because there's Ooh. definitely momentum building for at least a twilight grand final. We've seen Gill and the AFL be very traditional, keeping that uh, that two o'clock or three o'clock time slot for the grand final in recent years. Tonight is one of the most spectacular yep. ceremonies and presentations of a game. Yep. Like, it's one of my favourites, the traditional Anzac Day Eve. Um, I'm taking my nine-year-old son as a Richmond supporter, and I just I'm so excited to take him so he can be part of that. Like I'm very I'm, special, even more so than the game. It is incredibly special. Are you are you, are you down there, Abby, for Channel no, Seven tonight? I've got no? Anzac Day tomorrow. Oh, well, even Daisy will. Daisy's oh, actually on the boundary the for Channel Seven. Big I'm dog. on the, the boundary tonight, and I cannot wait. Obviously, being a part of Anzac Day yes. in the past, yes. But this, yeah, the nighttime. You're 100 percent right. The, Thank you. The, the mood, like the 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 guy that goes around on the horse yes. with the flame, yeah. like the it lighting. is so moving. Yep. yep. Um, and it does, like the the nighttime aspect. It, it really yep. does change the vibe. Anzac Day is incredible. Don't get me wrong, but yep. it is. It, it's a different feeling when it's. So, the AFL are using this tonight, sort of giving yep. everyone a precursor, saying, have a look, have a look how much this and how well we do this. This is what you could have on grand final day, obviously under different 
Yeah. You're a smart so, man, Daisy. Yeah. You're not just a good golfer and a, <laughs> and a good-looking man. You're a very smart man as well because the broadcasters in the AFL will be using this. They'll be in cahoots. You watch the discussion about the nighttime grand final. Really uh, start to bubble along nicely on the back of this because it is, as we said, a stunning presentation. Mm. Radio, I'm not sure if that's going to be one of them, but please give us your three biggest headlines yes, right. of the week yes. coming up. Please. Right. And I'm going to stay away from the doomsday scenario for Carlton because we touched on that. <laughs> oh, oh, Daisy you. getting a tattoo at the Bundaroo <laughs> yes. tattoo. <laughs> that will be the, one of the stories of the year. As we touched on, real deal, the Saints flex their finals muscles. I think every every St Kilda fan been very good at booking the holidays in, in September <laughs> recently. Just hold fire, hold fire You're on top of the um, on top of the ladder, people. So yes, do you think they play finals? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. You, you're the one that said no. I was still a little bit sceptical, but... You they, said no. They I me, can find the... Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm changing week, pal. It's too early last week, <laughs> but this week I'm nearly there. Where's I'll the time capsule? <laughs> Pick it up. In. They're taking Fremantle's spot. That's what they're doing, Daisy. Yeah. Hey, um, next, the bubble burst. Jeez, we got right around um, North Melbourne and Alistair Clarkson after their first two wins of the season. They did beat West Coast and they beat Fremantle. Both sides going poorly. They've been smacked the past two weeks. Of course, after the loss to Gold Coast last night, Harry Sheasel got tagged in his sixth game. Has that ever happened before? Does it, has there ever been a sixth gamer in the AFL who's had a hard tag? Can you think of one? Yeah, Mark Other Murphy, than I think, Did got he? tagged in about game three after his electric start because it is, uh, from a planning point of view, it's yep. something you can go out and execute. Yep. Nick Dacos is probably the anomaly that he's very hard to tag. But if you've got someone at halfback just yep. learning their way and yep. never really dealt with a tag before, yeah. And he's one of their better players right now. It's something you can go out and have a huge impact on a game. Yep. That's why a lot of teams target younger kids these days. How did he handle it? 11 disposals, yeah, didn't okay. have a whole lot of it. Yeah. And again, you know, if that's your plan, you play him off halfback to be a ball mm. gatherer mm. and you just sit someone on him who takes away that potential. There's no real other options. Does he go through the midfield? Do you swing forward? Then you actually are just scrambling and reacting, which is the whole point of attack. Hollywood Holman did the job. Hollywood! <laughs> and you hitched your caravan to him a long time ago, I remember. Oh, you were, mate, you were always a buy on this guy. <laughs> if he played in the Saints with Ross Lyon, he'd be his favourite player. Would he? He just tries his backside off. He has yeah. the most limited ability of any footballer <laughs> in the AFL, but he brings effort, and every now and oh, then the ball hits his foot. He is. Mm. I love it. Bit hey, like Tuke me. Miller, though, that's big news out of that game. So. Yes. So, oh. Need, have you got some info on what the um, the latest is? They hope they're saying they think it's not the worst. Meniscus. Yeah, meniscus. More so meniscus. Yeah. I've had three of those uh, meniscus surgeries, yeah. and what's, I was on the couch for a month each I mean, time. Yeah, I've had four. Not nice. What, had what's turnaround yeah. on a meniscus? What? Sean Higgins and Matthew Cruiser. Both played after only one week off into a um, wow. into a final, I think, and I was still. And on you the had couch. a month, mate. Yeah, so I was still week is pissed. Weekend. That's <laughs> what we take into that. Uh, that's two good headlines. Finish yep. it off with a beauty, please. Tackle trouble, Ooh. and that is that clubs are having a rethink and a um, uh, there's a re message on the tackle. You can't slam to the ground anymore, mm. right? Mm. When you tackle Abby, as yeah. you know, you got to you got to hold. You can't dump them, so the dump is out. Yeah, and it was interesting with the Cal Ward one on Lockie Neal as well with the Gone. legs wrapped around yes. his legs as well. But umpires need to blow the whistle earlier yep. as well because that's that's the only thing yes. that I can really see yep. in the way that players will then just keep their feet. They'll yep. lock them up and they'll hold them there until the whistle's blown rather than letting it play out and that's when you obviously want to make that slinging motion to bring yep. them to ground. Yeah. I think that it's a, a two-way street there. Players, yes, you need to not sling. You're not, you can't do that motion. But the umpires come into this one as well. There was one of those yesterday, and it was the traditional motion that we're talking about. The umpire just called a ball up. 
So right. if you're going to stamp it out, yes, one, mm. when the players are standing and they flex, blow yep. the whistle so they don't, they don't be dumped. But also if you're going to stamp it out, any sort of that slinging motion that isn't a holding the ball or you just don't throw it up, pay a free yeah. kick and the players will stop doing it. We've already yeah. seen a few players over the round change the way they've had the opportunity. They almost just throw the player away rather than to the ground. What you about the player getting tackled? Because do you feel – I feel like this weekend in particular we might have seen some where they haven't necessarily helped the situation. Gone limp? Yeah. Yeah, uh, which was the incident we were talking about. Yeah. Well, because, but the Lockie Neal one. It's, it's yeah. double-edged sword because if you're getting tackled and you plant and you really brace, the only option as the tackler once you sort of get them in the position is, right, well, it's like a stalemate and then you have to use excess force to get them to the ground. Yeah. But also if you're then slim to the ground, they go limp. Yeah, you know it's going to look like, and it might not be the slamming of the head, but it's going to look like that yeah. they're more chance of being injured. Yeah, it's silly, I think, no, if they go seven. down that path. Well, players yeah. are, are very, very smart. Do, we, That's, do anything for a position, just quickly. Uh, absolutely, I think I think it's really possible just yes. to tackle standing up. Just stay standing. Pin your yeah, arm, squeeze him. Yeah. You don't have to bring him to ground. Well, that's the whistle. Yeah, but if the umpire isn't doing anything, you then feel obliged subconsciously exactly right. to go, right, I need to do something here to force a whistle. That's the rethink that's got to happen. Mm. That's the change that's got to occur. I don't like it. it. I like it. Hey, we've touched on it briefly, but tonight is going to be a massive game. We've yep. got the Melbourne Footy Club, who were very poor last week, coming up against an undermanned Richmond side who will be wound up like tops on the second biggest stage in football this weekend. Yep. What are we how is this for some inclusions as well for mm. the D's? Jakey Lever, Maxi Gorn, and Michael Hibbard. Mm. Um, the Tigers, of course, get Jaden Short back in, but they're still smashed with injury. They've still got a number of their superstars missing and will be missing for quite some time. The pig will go straight to Dustin Martin. Oh, yeah, you reckon? Yeah, truck and trailer all night long. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, look, the D's need to respond after last week, that loss against the Bombers. And for Richmond, I think... This game is crucial if they want anything to happen with their season. It's going to be a tough ask, as you say. There would have been a tough ask regardless. But when you get the quality of that side in, and especially Gorn and Lever. Mm. Lever's the general down there. We thought it was May for a long time. And, yes, I think they're sort of Batman and Robin. They both work better when they're out there together. Lever, his ability to direct and set up behind the footy is so underrated. And Max Gorn in the ruck now. So Brody Grundy gets a little bit of reprieve. They can tag team. And you'll see Max doing that thing that he does so beautifully that Brody doesn't get long down the line in behind the footy with the tugs, not having a whole lot of tools yeah. down there. Expect him to dominate. But even what Maxie does in defence as well and yep. in offence, we know that he can sneak forward and, and hit the scoreboard, but we speak so much of Lever and May and, and rightly so. They're one of the, the best, I guess, back duo in the competition. Mm. But what Maxie does in defence as well, he so often gets back to help out and support and takes those contested marks, fills the, the, the right spot. that the ball, He reads the ball beautifully. So... Yeah, adding him back into the side, obviously the leadership piece, what he does in defence and offence, mm. um, very handy. We speak of the Saints and that being system like per man doesn't really matter. I think Melbourne is probably a side that actually isn't just one person in, one person out. No. They actually rely on the names in their side to be dominant and those two ins are going to be a huge part. I agree. I think the big watch to me is going to be in the engine room because we've been talking about Hopper and Taranto and how they're going to go in there. They've been under some pressure and it's been building. They haven't. Won a lot of midfield ball, it's fair to say. Um, Richmond, and I think up against 
Oliver and Petrarca, it's the most the toughest test in the game for those guys, right? So Taranto and Hopper, I think tonight, um, it's a huge challenge for those guys and to see if they can win the ball at the source and try and control more of the tempo for Richmond. We know they're a good intercept side and can rebound, move the ball quickly. Can they win the ball out of the source? That, that for me, would be the big watch tonight. Watch for Hopper to go to Clayton Oliver a lot in and around yeah. stoppage yep. and on the spread as well. Yep. I think that's a matchup that they will be trying to export. A yep. tip, a, a reason why... A margin and the Frank Checker Hughes medalist. Yes. Um, Melbourne, for me, I love Oliver still as the okay. Brownlow medalist, and I'm going to have at least three jam donuts, right? So <laughs> I it's a real hot jam donut. I reckon that's the unders. <laughs> <laughs> so Melbourne and Oliver for you. Yep. Margin? Uh, 25 points. Like I'm going to go Melbourne, Christian Petrarca for Ooh. BOG. Yep, Petrarca. And 35 points. Track put up this amazing apple crumble recipe too that I'm going to go home and do today. Yeah. I follow him on oh, uh, TikTok. Oh, some of the recipes that he yeah. is pushing out. He's right. the second. Follow it, on track for all of your. Well, he's my second favourite account for on TikTok, of course. <laughs> Footy Talk underscore pod is the first one. Good. I'm going to take the D's. I'm going to take Maxi Gorn yes. for the medal. And I think it'll be about a 40 point margin. Ooh. I think it gets a little bit slippery after three quarter time. Jay, you've been fantastic. Thank you very much. Abby Holmes, well done as always. Tomorrow, it will be Joey and Rui previewing the huge Anzac Day clash between the Pies and the Bombers. Have yourselves a wonderful week.